Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Tyler. I'm Jamie. And uh, here's a quick thing. So in this week's episode, uh, to start things off on a somber note, we would like to talk briefly about the passing of DMX. Um, he passed away, uh, despite conflicting reports, he sadly passed away on April 9th. So, Jamie, um, obviously, I can't really speak to his music, but I'm hoping you could weigh in. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, I I actually have his debut album that my brother uh, bought me uh, spontaneously, like when the year it came out. And let me tell you, like when that when that album came out, the album It's Dark and Hell is Hot, man, everyone practically in high school had that CD. Like I remember I remember walking to school one day and I was almost uh, catching up to another friend of mine who was carrying a boombox and he was playing that very album. And I'm like, wow, this album is just uh, it, it took everything. It took everybody by storm. And it was just a smash hit, especially the the hits Get At Me Dog or the Rough Rider Anthem or uh, um, How's It Going Down or even or even Damien. The, you know, the, the album was just so it, it was definitely the beginning of like a new era of hip hop, you could say, because. Here you got this guy who's like this no-nonsense, raw and rugged lyricist, and he just he he just he just you felt it like in his rhymes and his in his lyrics. It, it was just he was he was definitely uh, a breath of fresh air for like uh, a lot of hip hop fans, including myself. So um, uh, the, the the to hear about his passing, it, 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 it is truly tragic. I mean. Um, he hadn't like released something, in, I believe, in uh, 2015, uh, since 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, like he he's had some he's had some great hits. Um, and of course, his albums like Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, and Grand Champ, and uh, and his name was X. You know, it's all 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 you know all good stuff and all memorable albums and. Um, he will truly be missed, especially like uh, not just in the hip hop community, but just uh, in the music community in general. He was he was uh, he was definitely, a, um, I guess you could say, a pioneer. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, of course, you and I have seen him in the films Romeo Must Die, Exit Wounds and Cradle to the Grave. Um, well, you saw Romeo Must Die. I mean, but yeah. uh, um, but, uh, but he, he, I mean, he, didn't, he didn't really, that. he didn't really have like a big part in it though, but yeah, he was, no, in he it. didn't, he, he um, was, in, but, but cradle to the grave, he had a, a more, uh, and exit wounds, but cradle yeah. to the grave, he had a bigger, uh, uh, a bigger role in that. Yeah. You know? and, he, and he was good and he was good in both. I thought like, you know, I mean, look, they're not great movies, but you know, he was, oh, he, was no. he was good in it though. For, for a guy, for a guy who didn't like, you know, like, uh, have, um, uh, you know, acting chops and stuff. He 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 did all right. He did all right. You yeah, know, yeah. He, uh, especially in Cradle. Cradle, I thought was probably like a to me to me personally. Mm. It's probably like if I mean it's probably like his best work. Okay. You know? Um. And uh, you know, you could see like you know him and Jet Li look like they were really enjoying working together on there. And of course, Gabriel Union was in that. And um. It, it was it wasn't a bad film. It wasn't mm-hmm. a great film. It's not going to make any top ten lists, but you know, if it's on TV, I could definitely watch it. Yeah, definitely. So our condolences to his friends and family, and uh, may he rest in peace. Rest in peace, Mr. Earl Simmons, aka DMX. Get at you, dog. We love you. So let's uh, talk some entertainment news. 
So it has been announced that the as-yet-untitled Indiana Jones sequel now has a release date of July 29th, 2022. Also announced, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has joined the cast as the co-lead with Harrison Ford, and composer John Williams will return to score the movie. Currently, he's 89. Um, I thought he retired, but that was only from scoring Star Wars films, so The Rise of Skywalker was his last one. Steven Spielberg was originally set to direct, but wisely stepped down, with James Mangold now taking over directing duties. So Spielberg... Yeah. yeah no, James Mangold will be good. Um, Spielberg uh, will still be involved uh, as a hands-on producer. Uh, that being said, I don't think uh, he'll be that involved, really, because if you look at the interviews he did with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull you could clearly see he was uh, done with the franchise as far back as Last Crusade. Story-wise, George Lucas uh, won't be involved, but director James Mangold will be writing the script alongside Jez Butterworth, who co-wrote Edge of Tomorrow, Spectre, and Ford v. Ferrari, to name a few, as well as his brother, John Henry Butterworth, who uh, also co-wrote Edge of Tomorrow and Ford v. Ferrari. The brothers already worked with Mangold on Ford v. Ferrari, which he directed. No plot details as of yet, of course, but I would be cautiously optimistic about this. I mean, we'll wait for, you know... Excuse me, for the title and story details once they're announced, as well as uh, that first trailer. But Mangold is a good director. You know, I mean, he did Logan and, you know, a few other films that we've we've seen and liked. Um, We're also getting a fresh take on Indy as well because of this. So it's obvious that he can't really be doing the same 1930 serial adventures that the original three films were paying tribute to and Crystal Skull tried to replicate for the most part. Um, as of this recording, Harrison Ford is 78. So, I mean, look, the man seems to be still in good health, but he's obviously not as quick as he used to be, as evidenced in Crystal Skull. The fights in action have to be credible here. Indy can't go mano a mano like he used to. Granted, he's not a wimp, but the man is intelligent and should use his wits uh, you know, more in a fight. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Chris Pratt seems to be the favorite that people want to take uh, up the role after Harrison. I mean, if you look at his character in the Jurassic World films, you can clearly see why. But to me, he just wouldn't seem credible in that role. He wouldn't be believable in it. But Harrison Ford has no plans to retire this character or pass along the hat and the whip to another actor. Whether that's changed or not, I, I mean, I guess we'll see. Hopefully um, this next adventure will be a good one, you know? Clearly, he likes this character more than Han because he was ready oh, yeah. to like he he like when they when he signed on to do Han, he was like, all right, but kill me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, you could call it it's a catch 22 when you think about it. It's like it's a shame, but yet I guess it's understandable. But it's like, come on, man, you're, you're no spring chicken, bro. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. Now, we got some um, uh, movie release date changes. So Snake Eyes, which was previously scheduled for October 22nd, 2021, is now set to open July 23rd, 2021. Top Gun Maverick has moved um, from July 22nd, 2021 uh, to November 19th, 2021. Mission Impossible 7, which was going to come out November 19th of this year, is now going to open May 27th of next year. Mission Impossible 8, which was coming out November 22nd of next year, is now set to open July. July 7th, 2023. And the next Star Trek film uh, is Jesus. An, I know. And the next Star Trek film is announced for June 9th, 2023. Now, Jesus. it is not yet known if this version is going to be a sequel to the Abrams version and pick up after Star Trek Beyond or be a new thing entirely, whether it's Tarantino's version or Noah Hawley's version or, again, something new entirely. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. But um, that's where we are now with the new release dates. So, um, yeah, we got we got a ways to go. So, Jamie, I am, we're going off the top rope. I hear we're going to be talking about WrestleMania 37. 
oh man, we're we're going off the top rope and and we're I'm gonna be staying up there for a while because not only we're gonna talk about WrestleMania 37, but I'm also gonna talk about NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver. Okay, and they did deliver big time. Let's see where 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 to start. You know what? I'll just run down night one of uh, NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver, um, in a in a great technical uh, uh, masterpiece. You could say uh, the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne defeated Kushida. Um, Bronson Reed won the number one contendership uh, to for the North American uh, Championship that he was going to contend that he was going to wrestle for the following night against uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, for the United Kingdom Championship, Volter, who is the longest reigning uh, current champion uh, in WWE right now, uh, defended uh, successfully against Tommaso Ciampa in, in, in one hell of a brutal uh, battle. And in the main event of night one, uh, Io Shirai defended her uh, NXT Women's Championship against Raquel Gonzalez, and it would be Raquel Gonzalez that would come out with the win and become the new NXT Women's Champion. So that's night one. Night two, we have the Cruiserweight Unification Championship uh, between Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar against Cruiserweight Champion Jordan Devlin. No, you did not mishear me. That is That is exactly how... I meant to to put it. So this match was to determine who the true undisputed cruiserweight champion is in a ladder match, uh, courtesy of the idea of uh, one Shawn Michaels. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, and it would be Santos Escobar who would climb the ladder and in in a, in a great and grueling ladder match would defeat the Irish Ace to become the one and only NXT cruiserweight champion. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon defended their NXT Women's Champion Tag Team Championships against the team from The Way. Yep, that's the name of their faction, The Way, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell. And it would be Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon who would, su- who would successfully defend their titles and retain their championships. Moving on to the North American Championship, Bronson Reed, who won the, the right to, to compete for the championship by way of the gauntlet match. From the night before, was up against Johnny Gargano, the only three-time NXT North American champion. And Johnny Takeover came out uh, once again victorious as he defeated Bronson Reed to retain his North American championship. And in the main event of night number two, Finn Balor, the NXT, well, and I should say the co-main event of uh, night two on uh, NXT uh, Takeover Stand and Deliver. Um, the first uh, main event match was between uh, Karrion Cross and the NXT champion uh, Finn Balor. Now, Karrion Cross is a former NXT champion but was forced to relinquish his title because of an injury. But now he has a chance to reclaim the championship that he never lost, and he would end up doing so as he would successfully defeat Finn Balor to once again become the NXT champion. And in an unsanctioned match... Just just a grueling grudge match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly in one of the in one of the most heinous matches I've seen in quite a while. It would be Kyle O'Reilly who would defeat Adam Cole. And uh well, I don't know if it'll end this feud, but it'll definitely put a, a big win in in the uh in Kyle O'Reilly's column. 
So that's it for NXT TakeOver. Uh, stand and deliver. Let's move on to WrestleMania. So I have WrestleMania. A, actually, I have some questions regarding that uh, WrestleMania. So what I want to know is why was this split into two nights? Um, I guess for the same reason that they did it for like last week. I mean, not last week. Wow. Um, <laughs> I guess um, I guess for the same reason that they did last year for two nights, you know, because uh, I guess there was just so much matches. Um, and there were a lot of matches mm-hmm. um, that it was just too big for just like one night. Um, like if I were to hold on one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. We're talking about 14 matches in total. OK, so um, if they put them, I mean, I mean, there have been some WrestleManias where there have been like maybe 11 matches, but like 14, that's that's that that. That's a, I mean, that could be a bit much. I mean, for some people, I'm a patient person. I could sit through like one night of all those matches, but not many people could do that. Okay. So, you know, I guess the, the idea would be to, to split, to split the nights. And plus, you know, you had like, uh, you had Bianca Belair, who was the number one contender for Sasha Banks, SmackDown title. Um, and usually the winner of the Royal Rumble gets the main event spot. So, you know, they decided that on night one to give the main event spot to those two ladies and rightfully so hmm. um, more on that in a bit. But yeah, that that's my take on like why they did two nights. And plus, I mean, you know, with the whole pandemic and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I wanted to ask also like attendance wise. So I heard that they sold a limited number of tickets and adhered to the health guidelines. But WWE said that their attendance was greater compared to this year's Super Bowl. Now, WWE is known to fudge their numbers a bit. So do you think this is the case here? I believe so. Yeah, um, yeah. Like <laughs> when when uh, when I see the crowd, you know, to be honest, when I saw the crowd, um, it, it kind of looked like how it would be like in past WrestleManias. Okay. You know, now there were people with masks and there were people without masks. Yeah. Now. Now, given that the that the that the event was outdoors, uh, now like I bet I guess that the danger wasn't as bad. I don't know. Call it what you will. Hopefully, every one of those people were vaccinated. Highly unlikely, right? But you know what? What like they didn't do? They didn't do what New Japan does, right? Well, now what New Japan does is they they limit their their you know their um their seating you know, their audience and stuff and they keep every other chair empty, right. To keep for, to keep with social distancing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they keep every other chair empty and masks are mandatory. And they also ask people not to make, uh, to refrain from like making noise. So it's like, you know, instead of like cheering and, and yelling, they, they, you know, they allow them to, to clap and applaud and everything. Not the case here. You know, you heard cheers, you heard screams and right. people were not people were just sitting right next to each other and everything. Uh, oh, boy. Um, it was basically like, OK, so they said the whole theme is like, you know, WrestleMania is back in business. And that's great. You know, it's great that we had fans again and whatnot. I just hope that the cases don't suddenly spike up right after that or right after this weekend. Yeah, that's all we need. That's all we need, you know. Because I kind of intended to go into Florida sometime later this year. Mm. And uh, if, if the whole place is like a hazardous zone, 
you know, that's going to that's going to throw plans out the window. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a bummer. But I mean, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how how things turned out, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, obviously Raw is back to the whole Thunderdome thing. So who knows when they'll fully go back to like having people in stadiums and going across the country again. Excuse me. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll, time will tell. All right. So how was the event? Run it down. Um. Well, you well, Yeah. Let's get to the matches. Um. Well, quick, quick opinions. Uh. Well, quick opinion right from the jump. Night one was far better than night two. Mm. And uh, more on that later. Um. Hogan and Titus O'Neil. Uh. Welcome and Vince McMahon. Welcome to WWE Universe to WrestleMania. Um. Uh. We open up the match. We open up the the event with a, a WWE Championship match because it's said that like Drew McIntyre wanted to be the first one to like experience that energy from the crowd. So he wanted so he and wanted to go first. So he and Bobby Lashley had their match to open the to open the card. And uh Bobby Lashley would successfully retain his WWE championship and uh, he will uh, continue to be a WWE champion. Duh. So Natalia and Tamina win the tag team turmoil to win to to earn a WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match the following night. More on that later. Um, and in one of the in one of the great matches of of the whole uh, weekend, Cesaro and Seth Rollins put on uh, uh, put on a, a, a I don't want to say a classic, but they put on a really good match as expected because these two guys uh, have paid their dues for years. In fact, they are former Ring of Honor alumni. Um, Cesaro would end up being the one to defeat Seth Rollins. Which is kind of, kind of surprised that they did that they went with that, but you know, um, match was good. I thought it was awesome, and uh, congrats to Cesaro uh, for the Raw Tag Team Championships. AJ Styles and almost went up against the champions, the New Day. I, I, I'm, that's the last time you'll ever hear me say it like that. Um, and it would be AJ Styles and Omos who would defeat the New Day to become the new WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. Um, Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon fought in a steel cage for no reason. Uh, it's just other than that, that fact that Shane McMahon just wanted to bust uh, what's his name's chops, whatever. Hmm. Uh, Braun Strowman would end up being the victor and defeat Shane McMahon in the steel cage. And though, and you know what? The next match, you know what? The next match was Bad Bunny and Damian Priest against The Miz and John Morrison. But I'm gonna save that. For a little bit, because I want to talk about that a little bit more. Okay, I'm gonna to skip to the main event of night one. Uh, Bianca Belair taking on Sasha Banks to for the for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and in in and those two ladies, I I'm proud to say, put on a hell of a show, and it would be Bianca Belair who would win the Women's Championship by defeating Sasha Banks and. Uh, and uh, becoming the new SmackDown Women's Champion. So congratulations to her. Now, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Now, Tyler, you've heard me in the past, you know, talk shit and, and you know, bust chops about uh, uh, Bad Bunny. Yeah, before, yeah. Right? Of course. Now, I'm not a fan of the guy's music, right? Of course. But I do respect the fact that he's a success, you know, that he's done a lot for, you know, the Puerto Rican community. Didn't he retire, though? It, that's what I heard. Oh, okay. You know, that's what I heard. In fact, he's touring next year. 
All right. Well, <laughs> you know, farewell tour, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it could be, you know, but you know what? You know what? All jokes aside, if he is going to retire, maybe pro wrestling would not be a bad idea for him to do. Wow. Because he put on a great performance. He did a great job in that match with Miz and Morrison. Like, on, on on paper, you would think that, like, Damian Priest would be the one to, like, to carry the match and stuff. No. Bad Bunny was, like, was in the match, like, the majority of the time. And he, he sold well. He, you know, he bumped well. He, like, took – I mean, he just – he was just very impressive. I was very, very impressed with, with how he uh, – well, how he did in that match – and he and Damian Priest would be the ones that are victorious against uh, The Miz and Morrison. So whoever was the one that helped train Bad Bunny for this match, I applaud you. I tip my hat onto you. You did a great job. And you know what? With given more training, he could pr- – I could, you know, he probably can, you know, have a potential uh, wrestling career. Wow. Maybe. Maybe. You know? You know, give it some time and everything, you know. But, you know what? I was very impressed and very happy. In fact, you know what? I'm going to say that that match, aside from the fact that I've said that, like, you know, Cesaro and Rollins and uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks and Night One was just great all around. But that match with Priest and Bunny uh, against Miz and Morrison, that to me was the match of the night. So I'm going to give them the, the nod for that. Cool. Night two. Uh, we open up with Randy Orton and The Fiend with Alexa Bliss. And for some reason, uh, Alexa Bliss turned on The Fiend and Randy Orton defeated The Fiend. Like, again, yay. Um, uh, now, as mentioned earlier, Natalia and Tamina won the tag team turmoil for a shot at the women's tag team championships. Again, the, those being Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. But it would be Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax who would... Um, defeat Natalia and Tamina in a pretty decent match, I must say. You know, it, it actually looked like Natalia and Tamina were going to be the ones to dethrone these two ladies, but it was not to be the case, as Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax were successfully the victors. So, that's that. Now, the match that I've been waiting for all night, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, two longtime rivals, two longtime friends who've been, like, wrestling each other up and down the highways for 20 years. And they knocked it out of the park, as expected. So that would be my match of the night for night two. Kevin Owens defeats Sami Zayn with Logan Paul in his corner. <laughs> Prick. Anyway, whatever. Um, in another pretty decent match, uh, Sheamus uh, went up against Riddle for the – or went up against Matt Riddle. See, I'm going by a full name. Uh, Sheamus and Matt Riddle to capture the United States Championship. And uh, it would be Sheamus who would uh, be victorious and become the new United States champion for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, I, 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 a nice little, uh, nice little delay there. Uh, Apollo Crews and Big E wrestled in what's known as a Nigerian drum fight. Don't ask. Apollo Crews, with the help of this new mysterious person um, who came out and helped and whooped Big E's ass, uh, would become the new Intercontinental Champion and, uh, well, finally have his place in the sun. Um, Rhea Ripley uh, took on Asuka for the Raw Women's Champion. 
uh, I can't even say championship for some reason. Uh, Rhea Ripley took on Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. And it will be Rhea Ripley with a Riptide to defeat the Empress of Tomorrow to become the new Raw Women's Champion. And finally, in our main event. Oh, God. I really don't want to talk about this main event because this was stupid. Okay. Can I just say, would it be okay if I just set the scene a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So here's the deal. Edge comes back, right? Wins the Royal Rumble after coming in at number one, right? The guy comes back, resurrects his career. You know, he's looking great. Worked hard to like, you know, fulfill, you know, to, to complete the comeback and whatnot. And, and, you know, you would think that he would be the one to win the Universal Championship in the main event. <sighs> okay. And then Daniel Bryan gets thrown into the mix, right? Mm-hmm. So in the three – in a triple threat match, right, it will be uni- the Universal Champion Roman Reigns taking on Daniel Bryan and Edge, right? <sighs> and Roman fucking Reigns would be the one to defend and retain and, and and I was so pissed after all that, after all that buildup, after all that hype. And I would think that Edge would be the one to win it. I'm not even an Edge fan, but I respect the fact that, like, and I'm more of a Daniel Bryan fan. But he – see, Daniel Bryan had to retire too because of an injury. But he came back, mm-hmm. and then he became champion. Edge, uh, you know, he came back from an injury. And then, you know, you would think that, like, the comeback would be complete. But no, the the so-called head of the kids table uh, um, would end up retaining. And oh, God, well, I was so pissed when that happened. But that was WrestleMania night two. I mean, night two was was pretty boring, whatever. And uh, and uh, well, and I would go into like the Hall of Famers, but I'm just going to say the Hall of Fame class of 2021 and 2020. Um, congratulations. Um, just look them up who they were, and and uh, that's me coming off the top rope, Tyler. Thanks, man. So, uh, no long box comic book recommendation. Uh, but uh, before we go, uh, we just want to say that this Friday, as it turns out, April sixteenth is our one year anniversary of podcasting. Uh, we started last year with uh, Quick Channel Quarantine, which eventually became the Quick Five and now a Quick Thing. So for those of you who stuck around and listened during our growing pains and our continuous work in progress, thank you. We really appreciate the support and please continue to spread the word. And for any new listeners, if you like what you heard, check out some of our past episodes as well as our Quick Channel Instagram page for some of our old quick reviews to see what we're really about. We'll most likely be back uh, doing quick reviews uh, you know, in theaters on our Instagram Instagram page later this year if not sooner hopefully so happy first anniversary dude happy first anniversary man you know hopefully hopefully this is uh not the end hopefully we're just getting started and yeah. hopefully we'll get more freaking listeners and and people that'll pay attention to us because we deserve it <laughs> you know, but uh, aside from the fact they're all you know a lot of people are scum <laughs> that's right they're all scum <laughs> But we, we love you guys because you're scum. Like, if that does that, nah, never mind. So uh, thanks for listening. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts, as well as our quick channel Instagram and Facebook pages. Please subscribe or drop a review, preferably both. And we'll see you next week. Next week, Stevie Wonder drops by. Or at least I think he will. Okay. By lunchtime, I'd pretty much forgotten about the whole thing. <laughs>